to Running is Bullshit. I'm Amy. And I'm Stuart. And you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running and the 305th best podcast in Ireland. That's certainly a title we can put up on the wall. I'm loving these stats. Thank you so much to Chartable for that. Um, And this episode has turned into a bit of a London Marathon special where anything, if predictable, you know. (laughs) Yeah, um, well, it's a handy time to do it. And we were going to talk about marathons anyway, but there's quite a lot of bullshit has come up from the London Marathon. So we're going to kick things off a little differently uh, with a big pile of bullshit that you may have heard about. Uh, You should have seen what happened now at the back of the pack at the London Marathon. If you haven't, you need to get on Twitter or our Facebook page and look up. I've got loads of links on there for you to find out all about it. I spoke to Liz Ayres, who was the seven and a half hour pacer a few days ago, and here's what she had to say about the way the runners were treated. Joining us now on Running is Bullshit is Liz Ayres, who is kind of shot to fame in the last week or so as uh, the people's pacer from the London Marathon. Liz, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Now, we won't recap everything that happened during the race. I think everyone has seen that by now. It pretty much, I just want to talk about, you know, what's happened to you over the last week and what what is going to happen and how we can kind of move forward with it. So kind of after you posted originally uh, on Facebook, I guess this reaction has kind of surprised you a bit. Yeah, um, I originally posted all my running related stuff on my Facebook page and then people were complaining. OK, yeah, we get it. You run. You've gone for another run. Oh, there's a surprise. You've gone for a run again. Uh, and so they they started complaining. This is all we see. So I said, right, I'll do a little Facebook page and then I'll put all my running stuff there. If you still want to know what I get up to, then go look at that. And then after London Marathon, I, I was really, really pissed off with everything that happened. So I took a day, tried to calm down. I was upset for all of the runners and put all my thoughts down. Had a few people saying, oh, my God, that, you know, that's really bad. They shouldn't have done that. It's not on. You don't see that. And I, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, thanks for the support. It is awful. I'm going to write a complaint. And then I went to bed. And then I woke up in the morning and I thought I'd break my Facebook um, because there was tons and tons of messages. And then all these weird numbers at the bottom of my post going, you know, 100,000 people reached and you know, 500 shares, and I'm like, what, what, <laughs> what have I done? And then I saw some messages, you're on Twitter, you're trending on Twitter. And I was like, I haven't even been on my Twitter for God knows how many months. And then they were like, oh my God, you're on Insta as well. And and it just went mental. And I was so shocked, my kids were like, you're gonna go viral. And I was like, yeah, right, that doesn't happen. That happens to people, you know, these, these fake celebs with the big boobs and big lips and fake tans. They're the ones that usually go viral for 15 minutes, not some little old me. I'm a mum, I'm, you know, I'm a runner, and I just happen to be in the right place at the right time. Well, wrong time for Hugh Brusher, apparently. So it just went crazy, uh, and it hasn't stopped. <laughs> and so you mentioned that Hugh Brasher is the, the run director of the London Marathon? That's right, yes. You've had a few kind of conversations with him I've seen on kind of TV and things. And how has their reaction been so far? What what has been their response so far? Um, it's It's been very much, we're sorry, we're going to investigate. And, and that's it. It's very PR span as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it took days for that apology to come. It took two days for somebody to call me to find out what my complaints were. We, we still haven't had proper answers to what we were sprayed with. 
So it's been very, very insincere. People were tagging London Marathon at every mm-hmm. single thing. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? This is disgusting. How dare you London Marathon? And not one response from them saying, we know we've got this. We're, we're going to try and contact them. It took them days to do that. And then you came on the BBC show with Victoria Derbyshire. And he reminded me of those politicians that are just trying to put out fires and they don't really know what to do at that point. Mm. And that kind of got me cross because I remembered everything that happened on Sunday and what those runners went through. And it's like, you're not going to get off that easy. You have to answer these questions. Yeah. And um, the bit that kind of got to me was when he kind of gave his stock answer, you know, what he wanted to say. Victoria then tried to move him on, but then he talked over her and kept saying, what a wonderful large thing the London Marathon is, the biggest marathon in the world, blah, blah, blah. And he started giving lots all these positive lines and talking over you all. That really got me. Oh, that was so, so annoying. And I'm glad that Victoria managed to, you know, stick to the point. Let's move on. Let's go. And, and, And it just got so infuriating. It's like, we know you screwed up. We know that everybody from who ran under six hours, had that amazing London experience. I've run it twice before. This is my third time. I've had that amazing London experience. But what they didn't get after about the 6.30, 7-hour pace-off is that London experience. Well, they've got an experience. It's just not one that they care to repeat from an hour. And I don't want to hear about how great it is because I saw it wasn't great. And they saw it wasn't great. And now people who are fast runners now know that if you get an injury along the way, if you start feeling unwell and can't keep up your pace and you drop back, you're now at risk of being treated like crap at the back. Uh, you know, these people, training might not have gone well. One of the runners I had, he deferred last year, got injured again this year. He decided just to join so he didn't waste his place. So he's a fast runner. He wouldn't normally be at the back and he saw what was going on and he was disgusted. And that's the thing now, everybody's seeing it's not just people who are supposedly slow. Slow is a relative word anyway. But at the end of the day, this can happen to any runner who steps foot on the London Marathon course. And that's not acceptable. OK, so what are you asking them to do for next year to improve this? Look after the ones at the back because, you know, they are anybody. Uh, it could have been Callum Hawkins, probably not likely. Uh, he'd have probably got a bit of help along the way. But it, it can happen to any runner. Um, a lot of those runners at the back are there for charity. They've raised thousands for charity. And those charities have paid for them to be on that course, and they've just now been abused. The London Marathon needs to look after the back of the pack. So when they say we're inclusive, we are going to help those that are disabled, we're going to help those that are injured, we're going to help those that don't fit an athletic profile like Mo Farah. Uh, You know, it will help everybody to run our race to complete those 26.2 miles. The other thing they said is, you know, they have a cutoff time of seven hours after which they have to start opening roads again. Would it be acceptable for you if they said, okay, seven hours is now the limit for the race and you won't be able to run if you'll be slower than that? No, I don't think that would be acceptable because the actual race cutoff from gun time, uh, which was supposedly 10 past 10 on the day, to when the finish actually closed, they said it was 7 p.m. It would have worked out as eight hours 50 uh, that that somebody could complete a marathon. Obviously, we didn't leave at the same time as as the elites. We left at five past 11, we normal human beings. So that's an hour taken off almost there. So that takes it down to... 
you know, seven hours 50. So it is, you can reasonably do it. If you're left alone, unhindered by cleaning trucks and everything, you can actually get there within that time. It's not so much the cutoff time. They didn't make it clear that after a certain time, you should move safely to a pavement. In the final instructions, it says seven hour pace and eight hour pace, but I'm the 7.30 pacer. So I'm kind of in between. And it didn't make it clear to, to the ones at the back that if you did stay with me, you would have to do the route a certain way. So I think they need to look at how they communicate for one. I don't think they should do a cutoff that's gonna cut out a lot of people who wouldn't normally run, who wouldn't normally put their trainers on. A lot of people I spoke to along the way to keep them going. So this was the first time that they'd actually put their trainers on and, and, and started running so that they could do this marathon. You start putting a slower cutoff, you're gonna put those people off. And then if running is inclusive, then you're, you're not giving that, uh, that viewpoint by saying, you can't do this then you can't be in here so no i don't think a uh, a cut off of seven hours is acceptable seven hours to go on pavement yes seven hours to be safe yes seven hours to have support yes finish off at, at 7 p.m as per normal but to uh to to cut it down that you have to be completed finished off the course by 7 p.m uh, by seven hours i don't think that's the right way to go about it Okay, because that was something I was going to ask about. Does this kind of happen at other races? But I suppose other smaller races do have cutoffs for various reasons. But I guess London, is it a little different? I suppose it should be a little different because it's supposed to be this huge thing, isn't it? Yes. Well, London is one of the main majors that everybody wants to do. Everybody wants to do Boston, but everybody knows that unless you run super fast, you're not getting into Boston. So the next best thing is London Marathon. And it's not just a race, it's an, it's an international festival of running, celebrating running. Um, and it prides itself on being inclusive. Boston is known for, if you get to Boston, you're fast. If you get to London, you're a partier. That is the PR for London, unless you're at the back. So if London wants to keep its major status as their place to be, it really needs to address all of that. But it does happen at other races, just not to that extent. So for other runners, I know a lot, I've seen a lot of people who have been reading all of these comments and seeing the videos and articles from all other people as well, saying it's really putting them off big events. Mm-hmm. What is your message to those people? Don't put it on. Don't, don't, don't feel like you can't do this. Don't feel like you shouldn't be there. Once you, if they provide a cutoff and you know you can run within that cutoff, sign up do it because if you don't then uh, organizers won't provide support for back of the pack because their excuse will be then well there's nobody there to need it once you pay your money and you have your race number you're entitled to the respect you're entitled to the support and don't buckle down Um, none of us buckle down on sunday and that's the view it should be it's your race your pace so long as obviously you get in before the cutoff but you should have that support. So kind of almost a, a final question. Did you enter the ballot for next year? Of course I did. I need to make sure it does stick to all the changes he says he's going to do and that it's not going to happen again next year. Uh, although I have said, if I don't get a place, I am going to go to the very back again um, as a spectator. And I'm just going to go walk 26.2 uh, just to make sure it doesn't happen again. So I'll be there one way or the other. 
I think at this point, with the week they've had, they'd be crazy not to get you back in as a pacer. And <laughs> because that would be a good bit of PR for them. Obviously, good for you and a good for everyone at the back. I'd love to pace again. I, I do pace other races, but I would love to pace London Marathon again because it is an amazing experience. It is a once-in-a-lifetime marathon, and I should lucky enough with ballot 16 times like most people. But it is once in a lifetime for a lot of people. And those people at the back, they were so funny and so inspirational. They all had a story. And being able to say to them, I've, I've been talking to them for a few weeks beforehand on WhatsApp just to reassure them. I'm saying you can do this. Uh, if you've got the, the, the mindset, the determination, you can do it. And I'll be there and I'll make sure you do it. And on the day, it was tough. They had everything thrown at them and they still did it. I'm so proud of them. And, and I'd love to go back again and see another bunch of runners start on that start line all nervous I can't do this I don't know if I can and then seeing them at the finish crying because they finally got their medal it's just the most amazing feeling ever so yeah Hugh if you're willing to give me a, a spot next year I'll be there with bells on it just basically I keep hearing everybody say about how they're a slow runner the slow is relative Mo Farah got beaten on Sunday so does that mean you know he's a slow runner if he trained could he have run faster and those are some things that were said to us on Sunday but it's I don't like to think of it as slow running because I run with backpackers. I think it's sexy pace. You don't mm. run slow, you run at sexy pace. Make some awesome pictures because you know the photographer's coming up and fix your hair and your nippy and sort your vest out. So I just want to stop all this negativity around slow. It's not slow. You don't run slow. You, yes, you might be slower than the person in front of you, but the person behind you is slower. So let's all just run at sexy pace and just leave it at that. That is a perfect place to leave it. Thank you so much, Liz, for speaking to us. Is this, is this your first podcast of the week? It's my first podcast ever. Well done. Hey. Thank you so much. I uh, really appreciate all of that. We're definitely going to keep following you and uh, keep an eye on all those links and kind of something we'll look at in the coming weeks as well. Fantastic. Thanks ever so much. I've read it. This has been amazing. My first podcast ever. <laughs> I can now say that I have done all forms of media. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Stuart. Cheers. So that was a fantastic interview there. Yeah, it's appalling, isn't it? I've been watching all the, you know, all the news stories and things and to hear it from her as well. Yeah, she's been, as I said before, she's been doing all the rounds this week. She's been on the BBC loads of times to various different regions. Uh, she was on TV having a really good go at the uh, race director for London Marathon as well, which was brilliant. And there's been a few other people as well. Like, uh, Of course, there was our friend Liz, who we have to mention in every episode because of a contract she signed with the devil. She did Radio Wales this week. Another runner from Cardiff, Kerry Aldridge, she did uh, Wales Online. So it's been going everywhere. And it seems this is just not a new issue. And it's really something that has to be addressed. And it's fantastic. It's finally getting a bit of airtime. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I think it's that thing of, you know, everyone is entitled to that experience. If you can finish within the... The allocated finishing time which you know it's clear that they would have been able to finish within that time then what's the issue you know yeah. it's appalling treatment by the London Marathon did you see the where the runners had to finish if they finished over about seven hours no I didn't see that it's a little path on the side of the park uh, the other side of the barriers it is shit the thing is as well if they're saying right we're going to have um, 7.5 um, hour paces you know um, but because of how busy the London Marathon is, you don't cross the start line until an hour later. Yeah. That should still be fine. You should yeah. still be able to finish in eight hours from the gun time, say. 
Because you can't just say, well, actually, you know, it's eight hours now. It's like, no, no, like seven and a half hours yeah. from when you start, when you cross the start line. This is what Liz Ez was saying to uh, the race director. Like, you've set us up to fail. You've mm. you've said there is a seven hour cutoff, but in the same breath, he said, we, we want to have seven and a half hour paces. You can't have it both ways. No. That finishing line, you know, I apologize to the people that finished on it, but it was shit. It, yeah. I would be really disappointed if that's where I finished. Just the other side of the barriers between there's like a low fence, just this little kind of a gravelly path and just a few volunteers standing there with medals. And there's this whole push to make it, you know, running more generally inclusive. But when you're watching the London Marathon on the BBC, they'll be saying, get inspired, go out and do something, start running. If you want to run the London Marathon, you know, sign up, all these different things. So, well, you've got to be inclusive to everyone. Yeah, that's, that's not a, everyone is going to run the speed of Mo Farah. You know, some people are like you know, like we were saying, it's a slow is a relative term, but just some people run at a slower pace than others. That's just how things are. Yeah, um, the London Marathon tweeted about their oldest finisher. I think it was an eighty-four, eighty-five-year-old man. They tweeted about that. Did a little video on him. What they didn't mention was he actually was tripped over earlier on in the race by the street crews who were acting dangerously. They're only showing the bits they want to show you. So is this, by the sounds of it, this is something that's been going on for a few years now. It's not something that suddenly happened this year. It's just getting more publicity yeah. this year. It's because this year they had seven and seven and a half hour paces for the first time. Right. And um, luckily for us, the seven and a half hour pacer was Liz. And she's just spoken out about it. She was videoing on the day. She was posting on the day. Mm. And that's made a lot of other people post. I mean, I've read a lot of other posts as well mm. um, from other people uh, that have seen this. Another one we've had is from Sarah Evans who sent us a message, and she was caught up in this. Uh, we'll post her Facebook story as well. Uh, it's a bit long. Um, sorry, sorry, we can't do it all at the moment. But by far, what I love about that bit is her finishing time of 8 hours, 41 minutes and 4 seconds is tattooed on her leg, which I think is amazing. Yeah. Her post also says she was sorely let down by the organisers, but gained so much from her friends and family who gave her all this support and love. So it was kind of a bad experience, but after it, she kind of, you know, you realise who your friends are then and all these people have come to, to help her. Yeah. I Yeah, runners are the wrong people to mess with, things like that, because runners are yeah. bloody determined and they will finish a race even if there's cleaning crews around them, yeah. even if they're making, even if London Marathon are making it as shit as possible, yeah. they will finish. Yeah, if you're running uh, for eight hours and 40 minutes, you are bloody minded. <laughs> you are finishing that shit. Absolutely. Um, so our Liz, Liz Reese, she finished in eight hours, four minutes and 11 seconds. And she raised two and a half grand for the Royal Voluntary Service. That's still going up as well. We kind of didn't know about any of this bullshit on the day because we were all tracking it. We all had a, on our club mm. Facebook page. Yeah, yeah. We were watching a few people in the race and uh, we were refreshing and refreshing. And we were kind of found it odd that the mats weren't picking her up. I yeah. think she missed the 15 and the 20, but then the halfway one picked her up. Yeah. And we were a bit confused what was going on. It's because they're actually removing the mats. Because yeah. I kept seeing her stuck at random places and I was thinking, yeah. is she okay? Like, why yeah. has she just stopped? Like, yeah. That's really unusual. But you think, you don't remove the timing mats. No. There's other things you can do, you know, to wind the race down. But if people are still running, don't remove the fucking timing yeah. mats. Jesus. Yeah. Um, her friend Ruth walked with her for 11 miles Ruth is a bit of a legend she wasn't really expecting to she was there to support in the end um, felt compelled to walk with her for 11 miles just to keep her going cause, mm. you know, because of all these bad experiences another thing that um, Liz found out the official London merch only actually goes up to size XL which obviously doesn't fit a lot of people and Liz's finisher t-shirt was an extra small an extra small. Yeah, the, all, all they had left at the end of the race, for all the people finishing in seven and a half hours and over, were extra small t-shirts. 
How many times have we talked about yep. t-shirts? And at the London Marathon, they yeah. still can't get it right. It's not like they can't afford to maybe buy a few more than they think they might yeah. need. Virgin have got a few more. quid, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, just a bit, yeah. So that's kind of uh, most of our London marathon shit at the moment. I'll, you know, We're going to come back to marathons later. And we've got a few messages as well from people talking about the London Marathon. Uh, by the way, Amy, what tea are we on today? Gosh, well, I can't remember what it's called now. It's called a Regal something or other from Wittards. Wittards? Mm. Yeah. Wittards. Um, very nice. It's like a vanilla. It's a black tea with a bit of vanilla in there mm. and just like a fruity sort of. Yeah, I was worried it'd be a bit too sweet, but it's very, very nice. Yeah, I think the vanilla sort of mellows it out a bit. I've got another black tea that's very sweet. <laughs> Get the full ASMR sound effects. But... Someone's going to love that right yeah. now, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Amy, what's been bullshit for you this week? Oh, this week has been completely bullshit. Oh, really? Terrific. <laughs> I haven't fallen over this week. I just want to thank as well. Somebody messaged the Facebook group. Was it the Facebook page? <laughs> yeah. And said that I need to check my B12 levels. Mm-hmm. Um, as I may have mentioned on this podcast, I'm a vegan. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, the thing about being vegan is you do have to be careful with your B12. You can get it from some places, but you know my diet is often appalling, so I don't. Um, and I've been very lazy over the last few months about taking my multivitamin. Ooh. So I was suspecting that maybe, just maybe, it may be my B12. And I've been very diligent now about taking my multivitamin every day, and I'm feeling a lot better. But that person reminded me, and I'm sorry I can't remember your name, but thank you very much. And you haven't fallen over since? I haven't fallen over. Magic. No, no, no. I'm feeling a lot more awake. But, um, so I went and ran uh, a, well, I was, I was going to go out and do 15 miles last weekend, last Sunday, as part of my ultra training. Um, and from mile one, my foot and my ankle were just killing me Aww. the entire time. Now that should be when you think, maybe go home. But no, I stuck it out for 13 miles. No, no. One or two miles, that's just warming up. That's, yeah, you can run yeah. that off. You know what? I did think that. I did think, yeah. let's stick it out for 5k. And maybe it'll just... Cause sometimes you get these little niggles. But no, it, it got progressively worse. And I was just bloody minded. But when yeah. I got to 13 miles, I was like, I'm done. Um, so yeah, I could hardly walk on it for a few days. It's a lot better now. And then I've just had a throat infection for the last few days as well. So I haven't done any running for last week, which I think was very... It wasn't due to laziness, which it normally is. It was a very sort of measured, I need to rest so I don't get even more injured I need to make sure I get over this virally thing um and I went out for a run this morning all fine so yeah that's been bullshit not being able to run this week yeah that's a bit bullshit it sounds like every week I just have more and more excuses for why I'm not training for this ultra that's yeah but that's that's why we're here this that's a big part of running is is not (laughs) running and complaining about why you don't so what's been bullshit for you Stuart I I see quite a controversial one in in the show notes well, there's a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is kind of marathon related. So a lot of people are starting to do now the flat lay. I mean, I didn't even know these really had a name until mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. This Very is where... Instagram-y. Yeah, this is where the night before a race or the morning of the race, someone goes, takes a lot of time. They put their t-shirt down on the floor, put the number on, put the gels next to it, their trainers next to it, the little running belt. Everything else they're going to need, they put it down and kind of display it in like a little thing. And then they take a photo of it and then they put it on Twitter and Instagram for everyone to see. Hashtag flat lay. Hashtag, apparently, yeah, now it's called a flat lay. I didn't even know I that. I will admit, I'm not, this sounds hot mean. I'm not usually the mean one. I'm the good cop. Okay, yeah, great. But I don't find those very interesting. They're not. Like, the only people I they're find not. interesting is, you know, if you're an elite ultra runner and I am interested in perhaps what you've got in your kit. But most people are just like, Oh, great. Like, and? A, a t-shirt and a number on it. Yeah. And I, a pair of shorts. I, okay. The thing is, so what? maybe it's just me because I'm never that organised. So it's literally the morning of the race, 10 minutes before I'm supposed to be there. I'm like frantically trying to safety pin my, my number on. 
um, and probably forgetting something. I might do it the night before my ultra though, because I am paranoid I'm going to forget yeah. something. So by posting on Instagram, somebody might say, "Oh, where's your first aid kit?" And I'd yeah. be like, "Shit, yeah." But yeah, thing, I might lay all my stuff out, but that's yeah. only so I know it's all there. And I, I think I have done one of these posts before. I didn't call it a flat leg. I didn't know what sort of it was called. But that's the day before an adventure race, which was uh, mountain biking, kayaking, and running. And I needed to take a shitload of stuff with me because it was like a six, seven hour thing. And I, I had to have loads those. of stuff. Yeah, I don't mind that so much if you're doing something like that or an ultra. Because I had like bike pump and tools yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that kind of stuff as and well. Like it is that thing of sometimes I want to see what other people's kit is. You know, if you've got to carry a lot of stuff, I want to see what sort of bag they're carrying and you know mm. all those sort of things. But if you're just doing a ten k or a five k, I don't need to see your shit. <laughs> and even worse, mandatory flat lay before oh, a race. It's no, not. it's not. No, it's not. Fuck off. I mean. Runners' world when they take over the world will require mandatory yes, they will. Lays, you know, before you can enter a race. Uh, the other thing here is something I tweeted earlier in the week, and I've kind of thought about it since, and perhaps that was a bit of a gut reaction. The new Park Run Apricot T-shirt is thirty-three quid. Yes, yeah, so straight away I think that's a lot of money for a T-shirt. How much are they usually then? The Park Run T-shirts that aren't because aren't the milestone. I don't know much about yeah, Park Run. No, we you don't, discovered yeah. last episode, but the milestone ones. Do you just pay for postage? Yeah, those? those are free. Yeah, that's kind of a, a thing. That's a Park Run kind of perk. The Apricot T-shirt is different. They've been away for about a year and they've just come back. But I'm, I'm thinking about it now, and I see a lot of people uh, have been talking about it, and I see our previous guest Danny Norman did a bit of a post on it after he kind of absorbed all people complaining, or people like me complaining about it. 33 quid is a lot for a single t-shirt, mm-hmm. but if it's a t-shirt you're going to wear every week, mm-hmm. it's a really good quality t-shirt. It's well made. Uh, the people that make it get paid fair wages, mm-hmm. and Park Run make a decent amount of money off it. So in that respect, would I pay 15, 20 quid for a t-shirt? Yeah, possibly. Would I give 10, 15 quid to Park Run as a donation? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. So actually, put them together, eh, yeah, yeah, I guess that's... It's for its purpose, this thing. It's not supposed to be a cheap T-shirt. It's not supposed to be a nine-quid mm-hmm. T-shirt no one's making any money off. Yeah, I um, suppose runners are used to paying for... Ex- well, not every runner, but a lot of runners are used to paying for expensive kit from Nike or yeah. whatever, you know, so... And this goes to a very good cause. So, yeah. if you... That's the thing. If you want a T-shirt and you're willing to pay £33, it's fine. If you don't want to pay for it, you don't want to pay for it. That's the thing. For me, I don't think it's for me, and I think that's fine. Um, I guess the other thing... The other little thing... What was I... What was I? I did do an ultra. Oh yeah. Yesterday. I, I, did you? I haven't yeah. heard about this. No, you haven't. No, yeah, I, I didn't see do... any posts on social media or you've been quite quiet and Do you actually follow me on social media? I follow everyone. Oh right, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, I did a little bit of ultra yesterday. That was alright. That's fine. Um I'm not gonna talk about it too much now. I know it's keep people waiting. It's tough to not talk about it, obviously, because yeah. that's all I want to do now. But you're going to run an ultra, maybe, in a few, in about a month's time. Don't say maybe, don't maybe. Jinx Sorry, it. you are going to do an ultra. I'll get across those 40 miles. Whether it's running yeah. will be another matter. So we'll do an episode then and we'll both talk about our ultras and just how fucking smug we are and talk over each other trying to yeah. give a better story. Oh, well, I did this. Oh, no. Well, wait, wait, wait. I, but, I, but I've got a thing. I've got a thing. We'll, we'll just do that. It's fine. Yeah, fine. So we'll talk about that in a month's time. Basically, ultras are not bullshit, but not training for them is bullshit. That's right. all I can say for now. My hips hurt. I think, yeah, I'm going to be in the same situation. If, if things carry on the same trajectory as they have been going, it will be the same for yeah. me. Very likely. So, 
Uh, we would just want to say hello to all our new listeners. If you are if you are listening after the last episode, big thank you to Danny Norman and with me now gave us a really good boost. Mentioned just on the podcast as well, which I didn't really expect because I thought you know very family friendly show they are and we are not. And they were very lovely about it. It's like I was listening to it while I went out for a run because I'm I'm obsessed with the podcast now. Good. I don't do park run, but I just feel like I'm part of that world just listening to it. Um, but yeah, I was listening to it little tear in my eye yeah. you know very nice things so it was nice we, yeah we had a nice big boost in numbers and mm-hmm. maybe some of those people are listening now who knows yeah. sorry there's no park runner celebrities coming up in this episode by the way so that's it they're all unsubscribing oh they've all gone now never mind uh, there was also a facebook comment that said basically that we say like too much it's been on my mind yeah it's got into my it's got into my brain yeah i think this might be me i think it probably do, is yeah. yeah i do say like a lot I, you know what i do I, I do it instead of going um so much, so I, I go No, like, you do um, ums. You do ums more than I you do, do likes. Do I, I, I edit the thing afterwards. <laughs> I have to listen to it all. I get rid of a lot of the ums. I don't get rid of any likes. So I don't think you see it like that much. No. What you do do is before you start a thing, you go, so. so. You, don't do that. You start that with a lot. I do this in my job as well. Yeah. Which my job is, I won't go into too much. I haven't mentioned what my job is on this podcast, no. but I won't go into too much detail. You're but I do a lot of public speaking yeah. as part of my job. And I've noticed that I start most sentences with so. And it's yeah. just become this sort of tick. But everyone. Them. Yeah, do yeah. my so's, my likes, my ums, you know? Don't make me self-conscious, man. I, I know who it was. He commented on Facebook. Yeah. And I hope he's got perfect, you know, his sentences are always perfect and yeah. they come out like Oscar fucking Wilde yeah. when he speaks. What I did like about that, it was on Facebook so I could just click like on it. <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot. So a few people have also been tweeting You just said so. Oh, <laughs> this is it. Ding. If you make me really self-conscious now, it's not going to, you know, my... I normally flow so well when I'm speaking. If you do say Amy when you're out running, can you just say so to her as you run past? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right, so. (laughs) I can't... How do do people start sentences? I don't know. So. So. um, We've had... (laughs) It's so hard. It's what hard? (laughs) Really hard. Okay. We've had a few people get in contact with us about falling over. And as I've just said, I haven't fallen over this week. Have you fallen over this week, Stuart? Did no. you fall over on the ultra? No, of course I didn't. Oh, spoiler alert for next time. I'm yeah. sure-footed as a mountain goat. <laughs> I need to say that again. <laughs> I don't start a sentence. Just read. <laughs> I've written it down in front of you. There are words there. Just read it. I don't know if I just so, uh, just, just say so. If it makes you happy, just do it. You can edit it's out fine. all my so's. No. <laughs> Max Carnage on Twitter at at Dr. G. I had a spectacular tumble in the Richmond Half Marathon 2017, tore my very new skin's compression leggings, did a full roll and grazed my palm, shoulders and back too. Another person who grazed their back. I mean, it does happen, you see. That's amazing. It's not impossible to do. Uh, But that's embarrassing. A a race? Yeah. In front, I'm assuming, was that a quiet part of the the half marathon or was it where there's loads of spectators? And also, it depends where you tear your leggings. Oh, God. And if it's right at the beginning? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that would be embarrassing. Hence the name Max Carnage, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Absolute carnage at Richmond Half Marathon. Angela Foster Swales at Sparkly Ange said, I wanted to add my own fall story. I missed the step into my kitchen, only lived there 14 years, and then I skidded on some washing, waiting to go into the machine. I ended up fracturing my foot and had people asking me if it was running related. Nope, just clumsy. I can relate, Angela. Yeah. Not only am I clumsy running, I'm also clumsy in, in actual real life yeah. too. Is running not real life? 
Well, in civilian life. Okay. <laughs> well, as you said before, a lot of injuries for running come from really innocuous things. Yeah. But like tripping on your step and your washing is yeah. pretty shit. I tripped over the cat the other day and I've actually grazed my... Not good for podcasts, but oh. I, that was on the wall just over there behind my CV. So I tripped over the cat. I had tea... No, I didn't trip over him properly. I, like, stepped. I mean, to avoid stepping on him, I tripped. I had tea in my hand, poured the tea down the back of the TV, <laughs> and I just steady myself, used my elbows against the wall. So and then tea went splashed all against the wall. It was a complete... Oh, hence all the bloodstains up the wall. Oh, okay, I, I didn't want to ask. I see a bit of a stain there still. Like, but is, yeah. is the cat Okay. The cats, I didn't step on the cat. Okay. The cat was fine. Yeah, the TV had loaded. He was very friendly to me when that. I came in. Yeah, yeah, he, he's absolutely fine. So don't don't get the RSPCA ground or anything. <laughs> We've had some other tweets as well. Thank you for those. Uh, make sure you keep tweeting us at Running Is BS. Rachel Bentley at Rachel C Bentley. So just wanted to say I'm really enjoying your podcast. Uh, hand clappy emoji. Yeah. It was like a praise. Like, oh, like Whoa. woo. Kind oh, of a no, word. I thought like like a praise. The it's God, something like sort that. Of like hey, like gospel choir. Okay. Style. Okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Great chemistry between you both. Just like just now. <laughs> Hilarious stories and interesting topics. As only recently recommended by With Me Now podcast. I'm binge listening on my runs. Great to have an honest account on running, and then two more emojis Way. of praise or gospelly hands or Crazy, wavy yeah. wavy hands. Such such chemistry. Yeah. We work on that really hard, don't we? We do, yeah. Days of rehearsal for each, <laughs> each of these. I'm just imagining somebody binge listening from the very beginning. Oh, and hopefully bad, the it? quality is like going upwards. Yeah, because the first two episodes, I kind of worry. They're not, they're okay. But... I think like anything, when you're trying yeah. to get a bit. And we didn't really, well, you plan everything anyway. I didn't plan anything, but we, it was minimum planning. We just yeah. sort of put the mic on and said, let's go. Yeah. Um, I just worry about the mental health of people binge listening to this as well. <laughs> Are we going to cause some kind of severe depression between runners? Psychosis, perhaps. Yeah. Sorry about that, Rachel. I hope you hope you're okay. Get back, get back soon. <laughs> so Hugh Phillips. Oh God, this is so again. Start again. Hugh Phillips at Welsh Blue seventy eight. He tweeted us saying, "In the queue for the pre-race toilet at Newport ten k. Seven people in front of me. Four are non-runners. Hashtag ban them till the race starts." And there are three angry face emojis. Yeah. That's very angry. So, <laughs> what do people think about this? Should non should civilians be allowed to use what the do we, race? What toilets? do people think about this? We're not opening this up. They can fuck off and wait till the bit the race has started. Mm. There's people in the race that need to use the loo. <laughs> what are you gonna do? As soon as they set off, you've got nothing to do for half an hour till the winners yeah. come in. Wait till then, you bastards. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I never really thought about it that way. I suppose I'm just quite a chill person but actually when I join the queue for a toilet I don't normally need it until I get there so yeah. that's probably why it's I'm just a bit in more case. relaxed about the whole thing uh, Nick at Nikki 72 said Len Martin recommended your podcast cheers Len listen to the first three episodes on my run this morning yes I was alone with my headphones in and survived again brackets 17 years now without being murdered of course, remember we talked about all that time yeah, ago yeah, yeah. about not getting murdered on your runs I've never been murdered either it's only a matter of time Nick I think you should. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I think you need to check in with us because I am quite concerned. So, I'm assuming you're a woman and you're out running on your own. Well, 17 I mean, years, you're probably overdue a murder. That's what I mean. Or at least somebody looking at you weird. Yeah. <laughs> at least feeling vaguely threatened. If she gets murdered, you're going to feel so bad. Oh God. You're also going to be a suspect. <laughs> well, never thought it would be the person that talked about it on that podcast, but there we go. David Rivers at ATP underscore D Rivers or 
drivers. I'm assuming it's D-Rivers. Um, so he sent us a photo to show that running is BS didn't feature as one of the BA, the British Airways, in-flight podcasts. So we're saying BA is BS. It is, yeah. I mean, if they've selected some podcasts and they haven't chosen this. This is the 305th best podcast in Ireland, I'll have them know. Well... Exactly, you're just alienating all your Irish passengers there. So what were the podcasts? Did you see a picture? I didn't see all of them, no. No. But they did actually reply to that and said, but we love running. What, BA said that? (laughs) You know, they're friendly customer service people. I was like, well, so do we, but we also hate it. And and, and we love it and we hate it. It's very complicated. So if you'd like to lobby BA on our behalf, anyone, uh, that'd be terrific. It's that time. A time that I never prepare for. Just off the top of my head, it's bullshit. It's bullshit running. Bullshit running. I mean, you know it's coming each week. You know it's going to happen at some point. I mean, it literally, as you scroll down, it says it in bold letters. Wait, I know this podcast is coming each week. I mean, I prepare for any of it. <laughs> One day you'll just do it fine and we won't actually have to talk about you doing it. What, It'll just happen. It, the singing will just You'll just happen. sing something beautiful and then we'll just go, and here's the news. No, I have to prepare for it mentally a few seconds before. Yeah. I can't just belt something out. And you kind of look at me with slight fear in your eyes as you do it. Usually. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay, we have more news from China. We all love a bit of Chinese bullshit running news. Wu Zhangdong was forced to battle more than just his fellow competitors at the Shanghai Half Marathon at the weekend as he faced a particularly untimely bout of diarrhoea. No. That's right, it's also a poo story. No. Poor Wu started to shit himself 14k in, but went on to finish as China's first finisher in one hour, six minutes. That's not bad. He said, I was really relieved when I crossed the finish line. It seemed I had more power after I excreted everything. I definitely wouldn't have run faster if I didn't have this experience. You know what I think this is like? You know when a dog or a cat does a big poo and then it goes mental and runs off? They do do that, don't they? I saw one do that this morning. Yeah, I think that's what he's talking about here. He dropped some unnecessary weight. And And also everyone behind him was like, whoa. Because he was saying like he could smell it and it was really bad. I mean... And he just and there's yeah, a great photo of him which just it's just dribbling down his legs. And only fourteen kilometres in. Yeah, so he had seven K of shitting himself. Oh god. That's unpleasant. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank yeah. you, Wu. So I'm oh god, I'm doing sews again. You have to edit all these sews up. Nope. <laughs> our next story is back to our sort of one of our main topics, London Marathon again. Yeah. Bloody London Marathon, why does anyone do it? Um, so the article, the title is that London Marathon is discriminating against assisted runners. David and Sandra Kerr from County Down have run 35 marathons, pushing their son um, Aaron in his adapted wheelchair. So the Kerr family had asked London Marathon organisers they could compete, but were told it would be against the rules. And this states that an individual cannot be considered unless they are participating under their own power. That's what organisers say, mm-hmm. which I know is a thing, isn't it? Because if somebody yeah. falls at the finish line, you can't sort of pick them up and drag them over the finish line. Uh, yeah, I think, well, in the elite race is different. You yeah. can't be assisted in any way. But I think if you're just a random running it, you can be held up, but you have yeah. to be on your feet or on right. your own wheels, okay. basically. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. So the London Marathon are basically saying that they can't push their, their son no. in his wheelchair. And I think that's really, like, mean-spirited. Well, you know, it goes on to say the the family's competed in almost 150 different running events, yeah. you know, including all kinds of marathons all over the UK. I'm not sure what the... So what they're saying is that their son would not really be considered competing if he's 
being pushed or something like that. But I don't think that's the point. I don't no. think it, there's some. Because they were saying in the article, it's like a family thing they do together. Yeah. It is a you know, it's a challenge. It's yeah. time. And they raise a shitload of money. Yeah, they, they're spending time together. I'm not sure what excuse London Marathon could bring out apart from that one, which isn't which is a pretty weak excuse. I think they were saying it's potentially not a suitable course for it, but of course there are oh, wheelchair I was races say already as well. The, the weird sort of costumes people have and people yeah. carrying fridges and stuff like yeah. people are doing various things on the course yeah. that probably are difficult and maybe a bit of a health and safety or whatever yeah. so I'm not sure how this you could say is you know a particular hazard or yeah well it's it's as Liz said earlier on uh, London Marathon is supposed to be a festival of running for all kinds of people but here's another situation where it's not yeah it's just really mean spirited and yeah. bizarre. Yeah. yeah, especially as other marathons do it. They do actually allow uh, people who guide blind runners to get a medal and a finishing time now, at least, which yeah. they didn't before. Mm. So they have actually changed a little, and we still wait to see what changes they'll make to the back of the pack. Yeah. Perhaps this will be something else they change for next year. Yeah. Uh, we also want to say thank you to the man of mystery stripper drag king Vincent Black Lightning <laughs> for highlighting a tweet for us from Simon Collins who is at SMEC underscore UK, who posted about his brand new £200 Vaporfly 4% trainers, which became a tasty snack for his puppy on the morning of the London Marathon. He said he had no choice but to run in them anyway. Okay, two questions here. Yeah. I'm not f- familiar with Vaporfly as a brand. What is Vaporfly It's the, the new Nike trainers. The 4% right, that okay. uh, Kipchoge wears. Oh, this is how out of touch I am. Yeah, yeah. With, I'm not. I'm not. They're so, 200 quid trainers that right. apparently so make the four percent. Four percent is like the the make of yeah. the Nike. They're crazy. Right. Yeah. And yeah. the dog ate them. Gosh, so how ruined were they? Uh, I think one of the toes was completely off, so his toes were sticking out. But he still ran in them. Perfect. Although he said, I had no choice but to run in them. Like, have you not got any other shoes? <laughs> Me though, because I, I only usually have one pair of running mm. trainers in, in circulation at any point. It's not really in circulation at all, it's just one no, pair. No, that's yeah. not circulating. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but you managed to finish the race in them and they didn't fall apart anymore. So, you know, that's Fantastic. nice. Fantastic. We've just got one more quick story here. It's a really interesting one. I think everyone should go and look at it on Facebook from Ailish McColgan, who's a uh, British runner. She was at the Diamond League at the weekend... And was really unlucky five days before the race, picked up a shin injury from absolutely nowhere. Um, but they managed to, you know, work on all that kind of thing. Got her about ready for the race. During her warm-up, she started her period during the warm-up for this race. Um, and she says she cannot run, basically, when that happens. So I think, uh, perhaps, uh, I'm not sure if she says it was unexpected or if it was mm. early or whatever. But, so yeah, she had to do 25 laps uh, and ended up actually dropping out of the race because she felt so shit. Yeah. The thing I love most about it, though, is that afterwards, she had a bit of a cry, called her mum. She walked to McDonald's, where they wouldn't serve her at the drive-thru, because she wasn't in a car. <laughs> so she went and bought a massive red velvet cake for $9, and had that for a dinner, and sat up till 5am, uh, feeling sorry for herself. God. Which is the thing, you know, it happens to everyone. It happens yeah, to yeah. elite runners as well. Yeah. We all have shit days. Fair play, yeah. I think if I just have a minor inconvenience in my day, that's that's my reaction usually, let alone yeah. something like that. <laughs> but I just love her reaction of, I'm just going to buy a massive fucking cake. Yeah. And imagine her calling her coach or like nutritionist afterwards. <laughs> and what do you have for dinner? I had a cake. <laughs> Don't talk to me about it. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to mention it. Good for her. Yeah, have a look on uh, Ailish McColgan's uh, Facebook page. It's a great story. So we've got a bullshit story of the week. Oh, yes. More um, marathon related story. Oh, of course. And guess where it's from? Is it from Runner's World? It might be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how did you guess? Because I, I put this in the show notes. You did, but I think 
we all know. Yeah. We're maintaining <laughs> we, that air of kind of suspended yeah, disbelief for the audience. Yeah. That's good. Um, so I had a look at this uh, and I was a bit puzzled by it. So the title is 16, 16 <laughs> Marathon Hair Ideas from Pinterest. <laughs> now, a lot I, to unpack here. <laughs> I guess neither, this doesn't really affect either of us because I assume no. I've probably had longer hair than you in the past. Probably, yeah. I've pretty much had short hair most of my life. Or my adult life, anyway, when I've been running. But I, I looked through the article and I felt like, am I on the right page? Is this right? Because every ha- every hairstyle was just a plait of some description and then a bun and then a plait and then a bun. Sometimes two plaits, like a plait and then a plait and then yeah. a bun for six, you know, 16 of these. Yeah, it's like a plait at the back, plait a bit to the left, a plait yeah. a bit to the right. Yeah, one two, two compa- like plaits going round into one plait. Yeah, basically, it's basically a plait or a bun. Basically, it's keep your hair out your face when you're yeah. running because it would be annoying. I mean, if you've got long hair, by the time you run a marathon, you probably know what to do with it. Most people. I, I don't know if anyone with long hair has just had it flapping in their face for four months of training. They've gone, <laughs> finally, an idea of how to tie it up. I'd never thought of that. Uh, you don't hear that very often, do you? You know, the women I know saying, oh, how should I tie my hair up? It's Perhaps just, it's a big deal for some people. Just tie it up. Jesus. Perhaps for the influencers, it's a big deal. Oh, or perhaps it's a slow news day, or the you know, perhaps it's no. Just... That's a standard news day at Runners World. <laughs> Come on! If you see a bullshit running story, please send it to us. Yes. We want to make it story or headline of the week. Mm-hmm. Our main theme this time, as you may have guessed, is marathons, and so we've got a little bit to say about that now. Mm-hmm. And the thing that really got me is when I was looking this up is there really is proper negativity out there about marathons there is article after article of why marathons are bad for you people saying they're dangerous they're unhealthy they're boring and they're stupid i mean i guess they kind of are in some of those ways but people actually sit down to come up with reasons why other people shouldn't do their hobby i know this podcast episode is called marathons are bullshit but we know full well that our listeners who want to run marathons they're just going to go and run marathons that's good um this is just a way that we let off steam about all the bullshit that we put ourselves through most of the crap I looked through, it either related to anecdotal bad stories, isolated bits of research, or just listicles that have obviously been written by non-runners who warn of things like, oh, your social life will slip. You'll overhydrate, and that's dangerous. <laughs> and and they're also that you might choose to use energy gels, and they don't like energy gels. So, so, right, okay, putting all that kind of shit aside of the really negative stuff, here is the running is bullshit guide to marathons and why we think they're shit but you probably should still do them if you want to do them i don't feel like i'm qualified to comment on this in some ways because i've never run a marathon no have you watched the london marathon i've watched it yeah. you're an expert exactly i am training for an ultra i'm running a marathon in august so i'm, I'm sort of training training for the ultra and the marathon at the same time i'm trying to do so. you can you can judge things that are doing it that's yeah. fine yeah yeah, yeah. A safe space here. i've heard lots of people Talking about marathons, yeah. so I think that makes me qualified to talk on so absolutely <laughs> secondhand knowledge. So first of all, have you entered the London Marathon ballot? Yep, again, third you have. time. Yep. Third time. I do every time. Like yeah. in terms of road marathons, that's probably only, the only one I'd be interested in doing in the UK. Okay. Um, I'm doing Reykjavik Marathon in August because I think it looks like a nice course. Please mm. don't tweet me telling me it's shit. It was a lot of money. I don't want to hear if it's shit. Yeah. I'll explain it to myself. It was a lot of fucking money that marathon. <laughs> The exchange rate is not good, and nope. it's a lot of money, so I don't want to hear about it. Unless it was amazing, in which case, tweet me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm not really that interested in doing road marathons in the UK, London, because it, because it's London. 
basically. If I get in, it'll be fun, but I'm not hugely disappointed when I don't get in. I think most people don't want to get in. They just want to say they've entered the ballot, and then yeah. it's a relief when they don't get in. Yeah, it is. I think it's mixed emotions. It's like, oh, that's a shame, because obviously I did want to do it to some yeah. degree, because that's why I entered. But at the same time, I'm like, thank fuck, it looks busy. Yeah. <laughs> really busy. This, yeah, I sat and watched the whole thing last Sunday. Didn't enter the ballot. Never have done. Don't really expect to, to be honest. Because I hear some people say, you know, London is just a nightmare, the amount of people. Yeah. But I would like to do it for the experience. And it's not... I saw the thing, it's only 39 quid to do it. But that's yeah. cheaper than Cardiff Half. But you got to travel there. you got to stay in a hotel. Right. you got to do all that stuff. Yeah, and so. as, you know, as we've heard already, uh, I think the really good point that Liz raised earlier is, okay, you might be a four or five hour runner, but you could get injured. You could get ill. You could shit yeah. yourself. And you could end up being with the seven hour runners and get assaulted by contractors cleaning the road yeah, yeah so it's not just the you know apparent slow runners or the sexy runners <laughs> it's it's anyone that could happen to and yeah. again that kind of further put me off to be honest yeah. there was a good thread on our, our on our club page this week about you know what happened there and i said you know it kind of still further puts me off big city marathons and big city yeah. races because a lot of what you're paying for is marketing at the end of the day and i'm yeah. not that fussed about it yeah, I'm I'm not that interested in a lot of other big city um, marathons for sure. And especially I'm not that interested in the distance too much. That's why I've gone straight for an ultra because the ultra, ultras to me sound like a... Re- not that marathons aren't challenging, of course they're challenging. But I think ultras are a different sort of yeah. challenge that attracts me more because it's less about times, it's more about the distance and so on. Um, I don't think I'll ever be the per- sort of person that tries to get a marathon PB. No. No, I just think that sort of distance I'm not into. And having to run that fast over that distance, the yeah. idea makes me want to cry. Like when I do Reykjavik, yeah. I will do it slow. Yeah. Like I will do it chilled. I don't sexy want to pace. feel like Yeah, I don't want to feel like I'm dying. I love that. Sexy yeah, yeah. pace. Perfect. Yeah. All I don't I don't want to feel like I'm dying by the end of it. I wanna just and even in my training, I want to make sure my training's slow. I don't want to train for speed for a marathon, for yeah. sure. So one of the first things people complained about, and a lot of people kinda of said this, is about getting up really early for long runs. And I just can't help thinking, you know, I don't mind that. No, I, I get up pretty early anyway. I can't really help that. And just, but you don't need to go out. Well, you know, I haven't got kids. I haven't got anything else I need to do. So for me, I can get up at nine and 10, 11 o'clock and go out for a four hour run. Well, don't mind. Yeah. I mean, my long runs at the moment on the weekends, on a Saturday or something, I've been getting up at half five, getting out for six o'clock yeah. and just doing my long runs then two or three hours. So yeah. you're back by seven, eight, nine o'clock, depending, you know, nine o'clock, say. Yeah. So, you know. Not fast. Yeah, I'm not too fast about getting up early for things. No, but I understand some people it's hard, but just. Tough shit, shouldn't have had kids. Get up. <laughs> yeah, go over yourself. Um, people said, talking about getting your fueling wrong for marathons as well. See, this is something... I don't know whether I'm concerned about this because... You're yet to experience. Yeah, exactly. And normally I'm okay with my fueling. Fueling's going to be interesting for the ultra. Yeah. The thing, again, different thing. Ultra is just... You, you just stop and stand for 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And eat as much as possible. I guess for a marathon, when you're racing a marathon, you yeah. need to know how much you're taking. You need to practice with all that and stuff as yeah. well. That sounds like such a ball ache. Again, that, even that's putting me off. Yeah. Having to have this amount of gel every half an hour, knowing you're running all this kind yeah. of pace. Ugh. I don't do gels, though. I do, like tablet thing yeah. that you chew in your mouth because gels just make me feel ill mm. I, I couldn't understand why some people wouldn't like gels but that's not a reason not to run a marathon there are other no. forms of fueling you can use yeah. even like people use dates and stuff like actual food yeah that's nice so, and they've got here as well winter training for a spring marathon that's a big thing that happens in London isn't it because I know yeah. London is a lot of people's main marathon and they train all winter in freezing cold and particularly last year 
can be really hot at some of these spring marathons. I suppose that's an issue if you're not usually doing distance. So if you're a runner who tends to do a long run of, say, 10 plus miles every weekend all year round, mm. then that won't be too much of a big issue yeah. because you're going to be used to it. But You've got a bit you, of experience, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if your usual sort of thing is just to run up to 10k in training, mm. unless you've got a big race on, then yeah, I can understand that's a bit shit, but again. And some people panic on race day as well and put on four layers. Oh and like, you do not need that. <laughs> Obviously, chafing is always an issue, and particularly yeah. in a marathon, if you're chasing a time. There was a great clip, the London Marathon shared, this kind of was everywhere, about the guy dressed as Elizabeth Tower. Oh, yeah. They kept saying about Big Ben. It wasn't fucking Big Ben. It was Elizabeth Tower. He had his costume stolen as well. He left outside a pub and it got stolen. What did you leave outside a pub for? I don't, well, I don't think it fitted. Because he couldn't, he couldn't get through the finishing thing. Well, yeah, they, that's the thing. They, they shared this video of him not being able to get under the finishing thing, which kind of seems dumb because they probably should have said some guidance yeah. for costume runners that they can't be taller than this. But if you watch that clip, a guy called John goes through the finishing line, blood running down his shirt from both <laughs> nipples. Poor John. Oh, poor John. That was the best part of that video to oh, me. Oh, John. Yeah, the chafing. you got to Vaseline it up. Yeah. you got to Vaseline it all up. Even if you think you don't need that place vaseline up, you better Vaseline it up. Just, just Vaseline everything. <laughs> just bathe in Vaseline before you leave. Don't people on Marathon as well, like, I know this is a thing in America particularly, they'll just stand there with, like, handfuls of Vaseline for you to take. <laughs> I wouldn't be taking Vaseline from a stranger. I d- don't take Vaseline from a stranger. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the first things your parents tell you about, it, about strangers. <laughs> Don't take Vaseline from that man. If you see a man stand on the side of the street with a, with Vaseline in his hand, don't go anywhere near him. And what if you get that wrong and h- try and high-five him? Oh, God, it's going to be a slippery oh, high-five. That's unpleasant. <laughs> Ugh. Buying everything as well. So is this in terms of merch? Kits. and uh, Merch, like yeah, and just food and yeah. everything. You know, People go to expos and they buy away. I know people that have spent three or 400 quid at expos. Right. The expos about the free stuff. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, don't you've spend got, money at expos. No, take a hat and a wig and a, a mustache yeah. and get as many free things as you can. The like official Berlin jacket was like eighty quid, I think, maybe more. Oh, no, no, no. So no. what? And maybe if you were doing Boston, you gotta get a Boston jacket, of course. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. That's the only one I can sort of. I, I, I just would do not give a shit. About if I was that. ever fast enough to run Boston, you better believe I'd be getting a jacket. No, no, no. I know people go nuts, don't they, buying kit. They get like a bag at first and then like, oh, perhaps I need a belt as well and perhaps I need this head thing and I need something for my arm and then I need another watch. I need another watch. You mean at the expo, like right before the actual race? That's well, just generally bad. during training, people oh, just yeah, buy yeah. everything they can. Yeah. They go get carried away and they think, if I've got all the things, yeah. I'll be even quicker. It took me four years to get a running watch because I was like, <laughs> I'm you. using my phone. I've got Strava on my phone. <laughs> I've only just borrowed a running watch. That's because I had a training plan, which I've now kind of abandoned slightly until I've finished doing stupid long distance. No, it was. I didn't think I needed one. I couldn't justify the cost because, like I said, I've got yeah. a phone. And but now I just think I couldn't live without it. So. Yeah. Well, no, I had actual training plan that required me to do like mile at this distance uh... and then timed off and then more. So I'll, I'll be doing that in a few weeks' time once I've got all this distance out of the way. My so new, I'll need it for well, that. My new watch does elevation as well. I've, I've become a bit obsessed with it on the run because I'm like running up a hill and I'm like, this doesn't seem right. It should be more than this. And it, yeah. So yeah. Okay. I'm a bit obsessed with that. At the moment. That's why I don't have a watch. Don't worry about it. There is, of course, in a marathon, the constant fear of shitting yourself. Of course. Well, that's, I think, from hearing from the listeners and also our own experiences, I think that fear might just be on most runs for some people. Potentially, yeah. But I guess in a lot of other races you can just stop and go yeah. somewhere in a marathon people have got that thing of I just don't want to stop I don't want to yeah, stop yeah, yeah. can't ruin my time have to keep racing <laughs> yeah I'd be stopping unless I was in some position for prize money I would yeah. be stopping for a shit for sure but of course then you don't always know what's going to happen 
Exactly. You yeah. never trust a fart after mile 13. Oh, God, the, the golden... Mile 13, that's quite late. Uh, well, okay, I don't know. <laughs> I just made something up. I think mile four would be me. Really? I think everyone has their trust a fart. Only, only mile four you trust <laughs> up to. Wow, okay. That's early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not from experience, as we know from my answer to the, the poll on Twitter, but... Um, yeah. How far do you trust a fart when you run? Please let us know on Twitter at running is BS. Is it for, I think mile 13 is quite far. Oh, right up to then. You're only mile four. Well, everyone's got their own their own uh, levels of trust. Yeah, let, let's hear yours. We could do another poll on Twitter. Of course. Of course. I'd be interested if there's any mile oneers. <laughs> Particularly like dicky bellies. Like. Are there just people that just never trust a fart? Yeah. It's just, as soon as they're like, oh! Oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> when they're sat on the sofa at home, when they're tying their shoelaces up. If you know go. anyone that looks constantly surprised and worried, uh, that's probably them. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the other one is constant tiredness. So yeah. Training Long training plans. And you just you yeah. just kind of get used to just being always tired. I think overtraining can be a um, concern here because most people don't realise that overtraining, if you're constantly really mm. tired, I mean, tiredness is expected, but if you're always really tired and you're getting ill a lot, that can actually be a sign of overtraining. It could be. So, yeah. beware of that. I remember when I started running, because I remember thinking, when I go into work, I worked on the third floor and I'd always use the stairs and I'd just think, God, I just feel shit walking up the stairs. Mm. This is really bad. I started running and then a little while later I realised... I'm going upstairs and I'm still tired, but yeah. just for a different reason. That's I'm not out of breath, it's just everything hurts instead. Yeah. I still get out of breath on stairs. And I'll be with my colleagues and we'll be walking up the stairs and they'll be like, why are you tired? You're a runner. Yeah, because like, I've been bloody running. Stairs, yeah. <laughs> we had some of your marathon bullshit as well. Uh, we had lots of tweets on this. Uh, Ollie Kiff at Ollie Kiff said, having energy gels with caffeine for breakfast. Is that a thing? With a vomity emoji. Just don't have them for breakfast, mate. Is that a thing that marathon runners do? Most people have porridge for breakfast, don't they? <laughs> I was going to say. Is it like, yeah, yeah, it's the way like porridge. But if you or... don't want energy gels with caffeine, mate, don't have them. You don't have to. I thought energy gels were for the race. Ollie, mate, have some toast instead. Yeah, you're right, Ollie. <laughs> and he shouldn't even say, like, before a marathon, is this all the time you're having it during training? <laughs> yeah, perhaps he thinks that's the thing that everyone does. No, one, no one's doing that. Don't worry about it, you're fine. <laughs> Uh, Gareth Key um, at Gaz Key and this is a very Cardiff related one the Taft Trail yeah anyone from Cardiff will know the Taft Trail uh, he said I think I could run it blindfolded so the Taft Trail a lot of uh, marathon running happens on mm. the Taft Trail it's a lovely path it's a great place for trading but if you, it's just like any path I think if you mm. run it all the time you get bored of it yeah 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 I can imagine but then I suppose that's probably the issue for most people marathon training especially if you live in a city yeah I bet there's only so many routes you can do that don't, you know, aren't too many loops and all that sort of thing. Yeah, well, Max Carnage, Act Dr. G, he's tweeted again. He just said, it's so fucking boring <laughs> about marathon training. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. you got to listen to our, our podcast to, to keep you uh, entertained oh, on you those can, long runs. You can binge it and feel better. <laughs> Weird. Or just give up. Yeah. <laughs> so, Chris Whitmore, at Chris underscore Whitmore, he say, because everyone has an opinion on how to do it, course and if one more non-runner tells me it's the point two that's the hardest bit i may have to twat them yeah well I, of course half the race is 20 miles oh, God. and then the other half is 6.2 and then the point two is the hardest bit actually the point two is the hardest bit isn't that kind of the best bit i was gonna say that's when you get your surely when you get your, that's 300 meters from the end that's yeah. all right yeah for most people the rate unless yeah unless you've gone done something very very wrong most people can get a bit of a you know yeah bit of a surge towards the end because you can see the finish line you know you can use that last bit of tiny bit of energy you have yeah so the people telling him that are well they're non-runners so they don't know shit do they well 
that's the thing. Most people having these opinions, you know, if you say you're running a marathon, and it's usually like, oh, isn't that really bad for your knees? Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I've had an injury, I try and stay out of those ones. Yeah. <laughs> I say probably. <laughs> Len Martin. He said, I only entered marathons and did the training plan because tapering looked like a lot of fun. Shorter distances, sitting around, watching TV, eating all sorts of interesting crap. Marathon training may be bullshit, but tapering is awesome. I kind of hate tapering because it yeah. makes me worried. <laughs> I mean, that's when a lot of people put on weight as well, don't yeah, they? Yeah, or get ill because yeah. your body sort of thinks it can re- react, uh, relax now. And that's when most people get colds and stuff. But you only entered marathons because tapering. <laughs> Just don't do running though. If the bit you like about running is the not running. That's <laughs> the, if you're if you're not running, you're tapering. <laughs> if you if you never start running, you're just constantly tapering for your whole life. Just carry on doing that, then. I I hate tapering though. I always I always worry. I'm like I'm detraining. You know, it's only been a week, but I'm like, this is it. I'm not gonna be able to run two miles. Running from the black dog. Um, interesting Twitter username. At running from the five. Um, I got asked how far my first marathon is last week. Quite funny, but I'm sure at one time I never knew. I'm pretty sure I always knew. Yeah, I probably... Who doesn't know that? Fuck 26.2. Hmm. Apparently there are stories I've heard of people saying they're doing a 10k marathon. Yeah, I, I think that's an American thing. Yeah. Like, oh, and people do say to me, people, in this, people who don't know me very well, will say, oh, you run mar- marathons and stuff. Because yeah. that's what running is. <laughs> yeah, running marathons. Yeah. Running is is jogging and marathons the and worst, nothing else. The worst thing is if you tell someone you're doing a half marathon, they're like, "What? You're not doing the full then?" Yeah. It's like, it's not like you know, it's half the effort or anything. No. It's a totally different race. Edward Pearson at Edward Pearson. He says non-ironic slash non-humorous political signs in the crowd at a marathon are BS. Example. Good luck, and remember we voted to leave. Seriously, just fuck off. That's Hashtag still sore, still grumpy. That's not a real sign, is it's it? It's apparently, according to Edward Pearson... It doesn't make sense. Someone's complaining about Brexit during yeah, a marathon. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, maybe a Brexit-themed joke about running. Nope. That, if, if they did it properly, that could have been okay. Okay, but no, no. Remember to leave. We voted to leave. Yeah, good luck. And remember we voted to leave. Like, what does that mean? Is that Are they pro-Brexit, anti-Brexit? I don't get the political slant on it as they're, well. They're, they're, I, to me, that's they're very much we're pro-Brexit. That's to remember, remember we voted to leave. That means you have to do it. <laughs> oh, good luck for the race as well, by the way. That, that's but on a different issue, but I still want to talk about, I still want to talk about Brexit. Yeah. Fucking hell. Oh, if, if you've got the wit to make a political um, and humorous silent marathon more power to you but this is just bizarre I think that's the first time we've used the B word on this podcast as well should we never ever do it again no no I don't think Brexit really impacts on running so just done it again we we should have a Brexit themed episode no we shouldn't for sure no we shouldn't we need to when it it happens if it ever happens no it's no stop it (laughs) for fuck's sake Ugh. Let's move on, let's move on. Sarah Marie Cooper on Facebook, this is from. Making our way to the start of the London Marathon yesterday on the tube. Being offered a seat by this lady to save my legs. I then sat next to this lady's friend who informed me she's done many marathons and then carried on to say, I don't think the human body is built to run marathons. This is before I went to run the marathon, which is the most unmotivating thing to say. Again, people and their fucking opinions. And they've, she's run marathons as well. She obviously... Had a bad time. She's done many. She's done many marathons. Yeah. So you'd think after your first couple, if it was shit, yeah. you wouldn't carry on. But and then you wouldn't tell someone. Maybe she's not human. That was her subtle way of saying it. Maybe she's just a bitch. I've run lots of marathons, but the human, the human body, is a better marathon. 
She could be a robot. <laughs> well, what was the emphasis on humans then? Oh, yeah, we need to know. I remember once, it reminded me, uh, when I was coming back from Cardiff Half and I was getting the train back, and I saw, saw my train on the platform, so I had to run to get my train, and it's after the half. And this uh, sort of middle-aged guy who obviously hadn't run the Cardiff Half was like, you don't have to keep running, it's finished now. Oh. Fuck off, mate. <laughs> oh, has it? I thought this was still part of the race on the yeah. platform. Yeah. Oh, oh, thanks for that. No, I, I, just can't, I can't stop running now. I just, I don't know, I'm just possessed. You no, know, I actually had the other day. I actually had a run forest run. No, God. I thought that had stopped because kids weren't really aware of forest going. Yeah, no, it's still, still. Was happens. it an adult or like a? Yeah. Oh God, that's I even know. worse. It's just sad, isn't it? I just, I just have this thing about, and this sounds really sexist, but it is usually middle-aged men telling it is. me, and it's ageist, but telling me to keep going, keep yeah. going, love. Fuck off, mate. Like, fuck off. I know they're trying to be encouraging, but if I was a young bloke, they would not be saying that to me. No one's ever said, keep going, love to me. No, no. no. And it's usually, you know, because I usually do look knackered, because it's always like right at the end of a long run, you know, mile 11 or 12, and I'm like, keep going, love. Fuck off, mate. <laughs> fuck off. I don't say that, I just sort of ignore You should. Go for all his Reese on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, Tom Parkin on Facebook. This is quite a story. This is uh, quite an epic story we've got here. So, training for the London Marathon 2018, I had the most bullshit run of my life. 20 miles, then home to watch the rugby. Thought it would be brilliant. Uh, Or so he thought. Um, The first 10 miles were delightful. I felt like I was flying. My splits were magnificent. Really painting a picture here. (laughs) Then I turned around to head home and got absolutely smashed by hurricane-level headwinds. Yes, a polar vortex had materialised behind me. It's getting a bit supernatural now. As my hands froze and my phone died, I found myself five miles from home, standing in a field, swearing at the sky. <laughs> this is drama. I like this. I think the, I think Netflix would be looking to adapt, Absolutely. do an adaptation of this. Um, I thought I would pop into a pub to get a feeling back into my hands and to get a drink. Then I remembered I hadn't brought any money with me. No! So I sat in the pub with a glass of cold water, massaging my frostbitten hands. To top it off, England got spanked by Ireland. Wall-to-wall bullshit. Ha-ha! A bit of a manic. Ha-ha! At the end. Yeah. Oh, that was epic, Tom. If you want to um, contact us with any more stories of if, your rooms, Yeah, if you've had any really other yeah. shit experiences, we'd love to know about them. Yeah, and if you could paint it so poetically as, as Tom did. That was like, I felt like I was reading, you know, The Tempest or something by Shakespeare. Yeah. It was all a bit Never supernatural. Go... And, yeah. Yeah. Never go into a pub that doesn't do contactless. Exactly, that's the other thing. That's the story here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or new five or a tenner, just stick it in your pocket. Yeah. It's always handy. Just If you're going on a long run, it's always handy. Yeah. Always handy. Uh, the final word here, though, goes to SBC, one of our favourite listeners. <laughs> and she says, the worst thing about marathon training is people not giving a fuck about your marathon training. <laughs> it doesn't matter, though. Just tell them anyway. That's the rule <laughs> of marathon training. Just talk at them. Do you do that thing now where people say, oh, what are you doing at the weekend? And you look at them and you just think, oh, you don't care. And you go, no, nah, nothing. I give a mini lecture on ultra running Oh, now. really? Yeah. It's, I always say, I start off by saying, well, and often people don't even ask. I just do it unprompted. Oh, no. That's how I'm doing an ultramarathon. Oh, you're one of them. You know, an ultramarathon is anything more than... <laughs> and they say, and actually, you know, the interesting thing about ultramarathons, they go into all that, like, women are really good at all. Yeah. yeah. It's a whole sort of 10-minute spiel I have that I can just do now. Yeah, and everyone hates me, so... Yeah. <laughs> See, for me, I get to the point now, I just say, oh, just a bit of running, but you don't care, so don't worry about it. And that lets them off the hook then. I have to have an outlet for it. Well, actually, now we have this podcast, it's a bit easier. I'm not sort of um, exposing everyone to that, but... That's good. That's good. (laughs) 
So thank you everyone that got in touch about marathon training and why it's bullshit. Uh, also thank you to Hannah, Paul, Faye and Brian and Louise for also sending us messages and uh, giving us a bit of material to go on. Mm-hmm. But now, but now Amy, guess what it is? It's competition time. I didn't give you time to answer. It's competition time. Yay! Love a good competition. Now, if you would like to win a copy of Run Like Duck, it's a book by Mark Atkinson, who's been in touch with us before, at Monty the Mole. And a run like duck multifunctional tube, which you may know as a buff, but buff is um, a... Yeah, multifunctional tube sounds quite medical. <laughs> That's what it says on the packet. A buff is a brand name, so it's not really a buff. Not a catheter, then get into <laughs> Can you get branded catheters? <laughs> Merch catheter. Stop talking about catheters. Multifunctional tube. Um, what we want you to do, if you were to write a running book, we want you to send us the name of your book. So run like duck. Funny name, excellent name, worth reading just for that. What if you, would you, what would your running book be called, Stuart? I haven't thought of that because I'm not going to enter the competition. Oh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head now. Mine would just be, I'm always fucking injured. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. Well, what we're going to do, we're not going to judge this. Mark's going to judge this himself. Uh, we'll be doing this by the end of May. So if you send us this, well, that gives you this episode, the next episode, and then the next one after that is when we'll reveal the winner. You've got a month to think of your running book title. You could write a book in that time. Probably could. You won't get extra points for writing. No, you won't. If you want to give us like a line, like a tagline or the first line of it as well, potential extra bonus points there yeah. if it's any good. Yeah. Run Like Duck. I've actually just started reading it. I haven't started reading the one we're going to give out because I don't want to crease the spine because I know people like their nice spine intact. So I bought it. You're welcome, Mark. Um, I'm getting into it now and he gives us loads on his story of how he started running and it's just kind of a really good honest appraisal of how he started running and actually a lot of it the part i just read was why marathons are so shit because he does his first marathon then it's a whole bit on okay here's what you actually need to know marathons are actually really hard and awful Mm -hmm. which i loved so it's perfect for us and that's obviously i guess why he listens to us so what you need to do you need to email us that runningisbull at gmail.com what is the name of your running book so what's next Stuart fuck all I'm gonna just rest because I did an ultra yesterday did I mention I did an ultra yesterday I did an ultra yesterday my hips really hurt I'm tired I've been eating loads I've heard about this so we'll talk about it more in the future (laughs) Um, but yeah basically until the next episode eh, not much really not much for me and I'm just gonna be training for my ultra hopefully you're doing an ultra I might be just doing a little little run in a few weeks time yeah it's coming soon 1st of June so I need to start um, doing some longer runs without my ankles hurting probably should <laughs> you know some things I should think about buy some of the kit I need you can look forward to tapering soon yeah that'd be nice maybe I should just skip that'd make a nice change for you <laughs> I've been tapering my whole bloody life <laughs> Please get in contact with us at Running Is BS on Twitter, Facebook. We are Running Is Bullshit, and you can also email runningisbull at gmail.com. Let us know what has been bullshit for you this week and what you've got coming up and what you want us to talk about in the future. Yeah, we're running out of ideas. <laughs> A little bit, yeah, yeah. If we can get anyone to write it for us, that'd be terrific. <laughs> See you later, guys. Bye. <laughs>